Dear Lord, you've, you've revealed so much to me in your word. I pray that it will come across and make sense to everybody. I pray that their hearts will be, be softened and that your message be spoken through me to them. And that you'll be glorified in our actions that we take away from this place. Amen. And I open up the wrong, the wrong file. You heard the first song <coughs> that I included for the for the children. If I were a butterfly, the the difference not in the different animals, but each type of animal had a special gifting, just like we do. I remember standing at school, smelling the crayons and the paint, four deep. Shortest to tallest, getting ready to sing the song. I was looking at the other boys and girls and comparing myself. To the smart ones, I was stupid. I was the second or third from the bottom. I wasn't such a clever one. Um, then I'd look across to the other side and there'd be the athletes and there were a lot of people that were a lot faster than I was. And when it came to coordination, well, I was a little bit of Captain Cold, especially in my younger days. Um, and when it came to picking teams, they'd even pick girls before me. And that was totally humiliating. Um, and for many years, I held on to onto this song because it gave me purpose and hope that just maybe it was true that God had made just something in me that is special, just something that someone might love me for. You see, I have felt that way all my life until I put Jesus first. And I remember praying to God that I would be able to talk to him for a couple of days and to get to know him, but not in my room, on a mountaintop with nobody around. Well, that was my prayer, but he didn't answer it like I thought. You see, he had a better plan. He sent me to Kerry College where I was forced to get to know him in my assignments, assignments that had me searching the scriptures to tell and know him. And the more I got to know him, the greater value I found in the body of believers. Each person unique in gifting, perspective, and how they expressed their love in glorifying God. Just like the words in the song, and I thank you, Lord, for making me me. A promise of God that we need to all hold on to in our hearts, rejoicing in the Lord and who he is. 
which is what we covered the last time I spoke. This week, I will be looking at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. The passage, it reads, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Lord is at hand. The Lord that created the heavens and the earth. The one that does not give like the world gives, but he gives you what is good for you. He is at hand. Be it now or at the end of the age, he is at hand. Don't be anxious. Is not a suggestion or request, but a command. Listen to this scripture. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Sorry, righteous right hand. This is the God we trust, the sovereign God. Don't sin by removing his power and placing it in your own hands and minds, but not praying and by not thanking him for what he has given you. Gifts that are physical and spiritual. This life is not about fulfilling your desires with your personal, <clears throat> with your personal genie, your, 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 you call God, baby G, having no problems. God wants you to talk to Him, to glorify Him amidst the hardships of this life. He did allow sin to be part of this world, even though he does not sin or cause people to sin. He wants you to be like Jesus, his son who prayed. Jesus prayed, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours. Sometimes you need to wade through this, these treacherous waters to reach the other side, just like Jesus. This life was, will cost you much. A love offering of works to God through men. It also comes at a cost to make you a holy nation or a kingdom of priests. It costs Jesus his life at Calvary to ransom you. In this life you will suffer under an unfair boss. So you know why you need to be fair. You will suffer under a dictator so you know how valuable freedom is. I am sure in your heart you want to be holy, but how many times did you have to sin and hurt others before you turned from your sinful acts through the hurt in others' eyes? But I'm probably wrong because I'm sure... It was only when you felt the impact of others sinning against you 
that your eyes were opened? Was it not the pain of sin that drove you to look for a better way? Remove the log from your own eye, then remove the splinter from your brother's eye. God uses even, even the sinners. So God, God uses even the sinners of uh, sins of others to shine a light into the lives, into our lives and actions. I am not saying God is the author of sin, but He does use sin for our sanctification. So don't be anxious. Even Paul had a thorn in his flesh. Go to the Father in prayer, asking for his help. God tells us not to be anxious about anything for these reasons. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about, the, about your body, what you will put on, is, it not, is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in, in, <clears throat> into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor, nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like, arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of, of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow will be thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you, of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. We are anxious because we do not acknowledge that God knows where you are and what you, and what you need. God was there. He sees you when you are hurting, when you are broken, when you go through divorce, lose a loved one, when you are, are hurtful to others, when you are crushed. The Lord is at hand. But do you really... But do you rely on the, on the fact that he is a good God? That there will be good that will come out of these times? Even when you sin, you are more precious than flowers and birds. Trust God. If you, if you do not, there is only one thing you are holding on to. Your sin. So what sin are you holding on to? When you were fight <coughs> fighting while getting ready for church, or perhaps on the way here, ask me, I've been there. The cold shoulder towards each other, the harsh remark, the tone in your voice showing disapproval. Yes, your sin you're holding on to. 
the sin that needs to be addressed and is likely the reason why you do not pray. You love your sin. Are you willing to sacrifice your relationship with your heavenly Father over it? Don't say you're humble. Be humble and ask your heavenly Father for help. But in everything, this is all circumstances. We are called to pray in thanksgiving. Now I know, if you are like me, you battle with alone time on your knees praying to God. If you ever heard the expression camel knees, you might turn up your nose or scratch up your face just thinking about it. Deformed, saggy, calloused knees. But how does God see that? Having knees with calluses on them, deformed because you spend so much time communicating with God. You see, I need to work on the time I spend on my knees. I don't have camel knees. And, I've, and I'm definitely not the standard for prayer. But the, the Bible does give us examples of such people that have been gifted. The Gospel in, in Luke, in chapter 2, we hear of a prophetess by the name of Anna the daughter of Phineal, of the tribe of Asher. She prayed night and day in the temple for 64 years. Now this is not just something to align one's life towards, but this is a way of aligning oneself to rejoicing in the Lord, fulfilling your obligations towards God. However, it is more than just an obligation. This is you communicating with your Father in heaven. Are you getting this? If you are a parent who has an older child, you will have this special insight remembering when your child stopped talking to you openly, sitting around the table at night, and you ask, how was your day? And they say in a deep monotone, us having boys, fun, <laughs> which sends you on one of those emotional roller coasters experiences, anger, disappointment, concern, but all you really want is to talk and help them. If you knew what, you would get, <clears throat> what was going on, you would be able to impart your knowledge with them so that they wouldn't get hurt, but they, <clears throat> but they cut themselves off from you. Does God not say... Ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be open for you. Does he not share his story with you in the Bible and you do not read it? Does this not break your heart that you treat God like your teenage children treat you? So let's honor God the same way as we would like to be honored by our children 
and talk to him. Prayer and supplication are both forms of prayer. So what does it mean? Prayer includes all aspects of communicating with God. Prayer is a general term for all prayer that embraces every type of communication directed towards God. Be it prayer on your knees or on the run, before a meal, praying in, quiet, in a quiet spot or a busy room, anywhere. Be it a prayer of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. This sentence, however, gives focus to supplication, which is drawn from the bag of prayers available. Supplication is a directed at the person giving the prayer. It has urgency and is specific in nature. You are praying for yourself. It is not intercession where you pray for others. The reason you are praying for yourself is so that you can remove the log from your own eye before dealing with the speck out of your brother's eye. You need to seek the kingdom of God first. Like the, air, <clears throat> like the airline induction training, where you are told to put on your oxygen mask first. Only then can you assist others. With supplication, there is a specific need, and it should be asked for, for specifically. Why? So that God can put his power on display in a manner that you know it was by his hand and power that your prayer was answered giving him all the glory. In all things, we are to pray. This is good and the bad situations of life. Times of plenty often show our spiritual neglect, more so than bad. How often when you are having a good time filled with festivities that we soon forget about God. When everything is going our way, the time we devote to God seems to slowly fade into obscurity. Be it in our daily devotions, Bible readings, Our conversations with God about our life or our reliance on Him for all our needs. Somehow things start to slip bit by bit. When you realize how far you have fallen, your eyes open, pleading to God to send some difficulty so that you can cling to Him. That, reminded, <coughs> that reminds you to rely on Him. Yes, this is me talking, my experiences. But if, this is, if there is nothing new under the sun, this would apply to some of you too. These patterns of plenty and times of scarcity are not trivial, but for our good. Holidays are a blessing, times that the Lord gives, where 
we are called to carry on in our worship and not to dry up like a lake in the hot summer months. Alternatively, when life is hard and we are under the severest of pressures, we find the time to talk to God, focusing on Him that hears the righteous prayer. Roman 8 talks about these difficult times. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Difficulty that drives a earnest prayer unceasingly towards the one that will hear it. Then, how do you see your body? Do you see your body as a house of prayer, a living temple? Jesus, when, when chasing the money changers out of the temple, said, It is written, and my Father's house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. What do you allow into your temple? Now let's add 1 Corinthians 6.18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a man can commit is outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do, do not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. I would like you to keep this statement in mind when you apply the scenario I have constructed. If your mobile phone is not working, what do you do? Do you discard it? So then, if we apply that to you being a, a temple of God and you're not praying, you're not serving your purpose, what do you do then? Do we use our own example and throw it away like the phone? What type of vessel are you? Romans 9.21 reads, Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump, one vessel for honorable uses and another for dishonorable uses. What function do you have? Are you a vessel that radiates rejoicing, prayer, thanksgiving to the Lord? We are not all gifted in prayer, but we are still a temple of prayer. So pray. Are all Praise heard. Are we like a naughty child who claims to pray and when asked what you are praying for, he says that people will love his ways. Not God's ways, but his naughty ways. His prayers were no prayers at all because they were not directed towards the character of God and they did not embrace his glory or his kingdom. The naughty child wants a genie and not a personal holy, holy saviour. 
Paul, in his letters to the Philippians, is writing to all the saints, all those that will hear God's words and follow it. God hears you because he has a plan to save you. He had a plan to use you to show saving grace before the earth was created. If you were his before you were called, when you were his enemy. So do not entertain the thought that he does not hear you. This is the God that planned for you to be saved. He is the God that shed his blood for you. The God that lived a perfect life for your, right, for your righteousness sake. The God that makes everything you encounter for your good. Your earthly father might have failed you, but this is not your heaven <clears throat> this is not your heavenly father. He loves you perfectly and gives you what you need to make you a son of God. If human fathers can give good gifts to the, to their children, be be rest assured the gifts from God are so much better. Even when the gift is disciplining Discipline to a backslider. If Paul needed prayer, so do we. Do you want to know that God hears your prayers and answers them? 1 John 5. And this is the confidence that we have towards him. That if we are asked anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have the request that we have asked of him don't feel puffed up by some celebrity who hears you or who lends you the ear or a mayor or a well-known singer or the or if anybody pays you attention do not realize how blessed you are in the fact that God of the universe wants to hear your request. Think about it. You, the one that complains, the one that second-guesses every decision God makes for you, the one that does not trust God, the one that is sinful and at enmity with God, God gives you mercy and grace waiting for you to repent and talk to him again. God listens to you. A holy God that sees and hears you and will hold you in his hands so that you are not thrown into the fire. Does this not put things into perspective and humble you so that you, <coughs> you are in a suitable demeanor to revere God? For what he has done. In your heart. <clears throat> is your heart not um, humble? Know this. You that brings nothing to the table. When you pray. And he leans down. And hears your request. Prayer is also a teaching tool. Jesus' praise out loud in the garden at Gethsemane was for our benefit. 
Jesus fully understood the sovereignty of God and and that he would Jesus fully understood the sovereignty of God says your will and not mine Jesus knew he had to die he knew he was redeeming his people he knew before the creation of the earth what his task was here he shows us how to pray in tough times and the root oneself in the sovereignty of the father and trusting the father from a human perspective prayer gives insight into the christian's worldview it shows the love and provision of god don't underestimate praying with non-believers because they have judged us wrongly so knowing they have judged us wrongly Pray to God so you can be saved. In Psalm 13, it says, Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. The only problem in this life is your sin the prayer of supplication is that you like the psalmist recognize that god is the only one who saves he opens your eyes he is your salvation and he is good to you each and every each and every day we are in the battle not against flesh and blood but a spiritual battle a spiritual battle that can only be won by prayer like the demon-possessed boy that was healed by Jesus. And when the apostles asked, why could we not cast it out? They are told by Jesus, this kind cannot be driven out anything but prayer. Remember the account of Jesus and the ten lepers? Where Jesus says, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus who recognized those who did not return to give thanks. Parents, do you not expect your children to give thanks for what you do for them? Do you not require require them to say, Thank you. My parents would have given me a head slap when I forgot, and I got many. The same is expected in the spiritual world. Are we to thank God for what He is doing in our lives? Paul in the epistle thanks God while in prison. The one place I think anyone would find it hard to see the blessing. But Paul had a thriving ministry in the prison. So don't let your circumstances dictate if you will pray or not, rejoice or not, or be thankful or not. Every, every situation is approved by God, even the temptations and destruction of Joe's family. It was for his good and God's glory. God tests us in this life. 
with the tool he calls sin, a trial that we need to master to receive the crown of life. Your requests are important to God because it is worship. Acknowledging Him as you see Him at work in your life. Ever seeking and always glorifying God for what He is revealing in your life as you grow in Him. It is like studying. The more you know, the more you realize how little you actually know. God is infinite. So keep on praying and studying so you can ask for what you need. Your needs change as life changes each day. And as you grow in, in years, your wisdom will grow too. So don't be disheartened. God is with you each step of the way. Remember, <coughs> Remember, in the, uh, remember at the beginning of the chapter, there was fighting in the church. And Paul was writing to address this fighting in the church. And when we go and look at the armor of God, it comes up. It says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil source of anxiety for we do not wrestle against flesh and, blood, uh, flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over the present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places it is a spiritual battle which needs spiritual tools therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Do you trust God? With which you can extinguish all the flaming dots of the evil one, all the attacks, and take your helmet of salvation, the doing of what right according to God, and the sword of the Spirit, very important, which is the Word of God. Are you reading your Bibles? Praying at all times. See, prayer is part of this armor of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Just what we've been covering. See, peace might have a different interpretation to the one you might have here and now. As not all prayers are answered in the way you like. <coughs> that you think they should be answered. While they, were, while they were stoning Stephen, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this against them. 
when he had said this, he fell asleep. You see, he has the peace of God, the vision of heaven, and he prays by the Spirit, praying the very same prayer and words of forgiveness of Jesus. Peace is not always based on earth, on earth, but with our Father in heaven. Stephen was put to death, and so were many of the disciples. God heard their prayers, but chose that they would glorify him in the way they died. They still had the peace of God that they, had, <clears throat> that they like Jesus, would be raised from the dead and that they will, will be with Jesus in heaven where there are many rooms. Calvin writes this, It is on good grounds that he calls it peace of God. In Inasmuch as it does not depend on the present aspect of things and does not bend itself to various shiftings of the world, but is found on the firm and immutable word of God. The peace is in living a life, quorum Deo, in the, in the presence of God, under the authority of God, for the glory of God. Isaiah 26.3 reads, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Let me get to the application. How do we actually... We've heard so much stuff on prayer now, but how do we actually apply it? How do you apply now these things you have heard. Writing all these things has had me wrestling with how my prayer life is going. I hope that the Spirit is stirring in you because it has been in me as I have been trying to make head and tail over the past three weeks on prayer. So how is your prayer life going? Don't answer me. Speak to God. He's right there with you. Speak to him on these questions. Answer in truth in your hearts. Be it repentance or thanksgiving. Both responses contain glory and worship for God. When last did you attend a monthly prayer meeting? First Wednesday of the month. When last did you pray for those that need prayer? It is on your bulletin. Talk to God. He is listening. What about in the church? And, <clears throat> and what... And does your prayer include the elders... Seniors, children, etc. How do you pray prayers of intercession specifically for your brothers and sisters in Christ? If you do not belong to a home group, 
a place where you communicate, getting to know each other, knowing each other and each other's needs, and knowing that allows us to pray for each other and which also acts as a calling to action. Knowing God is one aspect of our alignment that that is required and allows you to remove the log from you from your eye. But what about the speck from your brother's eye? If you do not visit your brother, how do you know he has a speck? Today we see that prayer is a spiritual armor that directs us to aligning our views, plans, and actions through the conversations with God, making the impossible possible. We are called to have our prayers rooted in the word of God, using our faith, which is joined to, our <coughs> to his character and promises, spoken through the spirit of God, these fervent prayers that God bends over and hears. Prayers that are left with God, in whom we trust our lives and well-being, having no anxiety, just peace with God. Because everything that he allows is for our good and for his glory. So go in peace that God, that God gives you, rejoicing in Jesus Christ, Taking, talking to him and asking for, for things you need to extend his kingdom and his glory. This is my prayer.